Have you experienced sleep paralysis? For those who haven't, it can be a very scary experience. The first time we have written evidence of sleep paralysis was in 1664, and it was published in a Dutch physician's case study. The event was referred to as Incubus or the Nightmare. This is written by Anne M. Cox, and you can find it in Sleep Paralysis and Folklore, which means it wasn't the first case. In answer to one of my followers' questions from video 16, I want to talk to you about the sleep paralysis and sleeping patterns and sleeping problems and sleep in connection with the Gothic. So if this is something that you're interested in, this video, my friend, is for you. Welcome to Gothic Land. You are Gothic or you don't know it. Episode 18. Hello Gothic friend, this is Alice and you are in Gothic Land, a place where I help you embrace your Gothic side so you can find light in darkness. Welcome to episode 18 and today I want to talk about the connection between sleep paralysis and sleeping problems with the Gothic. And this is in connection to a question I received on after video 16 from one of my, my followers and the question was the following she said what is sleep paralysis in reality and in literature and what is its connection with the unconscious mind and in order to do that i'm going to answer four questions these are the following the first concept I want to work on is to give you general medical concepts and background terminology. The second point is going to be the literary connection, and in that case we're going to be talking about incubus and succubus. The third point is going to be the first literally nine monster or lidito, and the fourth point is going to be the psychology behind our dreams. But before we go into the video, remember to subscribe and click the bell to receive any notifications every time I upload new content. And also, if you like this content, subscribe to my You Are Gothic But You Don't Know It online magazine, where I analyze further these and more topics connected to the Gothic. I talk about this topic in September issues, so in an article that is called Sleep Deprivation and Monsters of the Mind, in case you want to know more after you've watched the video. So let's start with the general medical concepts and background terminology. And the first thing that we need to do is to differentiate between sleep deprivation and sleep paralysis. As per the Sleep Foundation, sleep deprivation refers to getting less than the needed amount of sleep, of which there are different categories that can vary depending on each individual and there can be different types. As per sleep paralysis, the NHS tells us that is when you cannot move or speak as you are waking up or falling asleep. This is still a mystery, but can be caused by things like insomnia, disrupted uh, sleeping patterns, narcolepsy, post-traumatic stress disorder, general anxiety disorder, panic disorder, family history of sleep paralysis, and a few more if you look into them. 
and this is the one that will be connected to literature and this is the one that we're going to be looking at in this video but there are two more concepts that are very important for the video and for the content of today's content and one is the state before we wake up which is called hypnopompic state and also the second one is the opposite that moment just before we fall asleep which we, we call hypnagogic state but for the purposes of this video i'm going to talk to you about the hypnagogic state today because of all the literature that goes behind it and i'm just going to read for you a little fragment by a phd student uh, at the time called andreas mavromatis that wrote this research fantastic research uh, project called hypnagogia the nature and function of the hypnagogic state and it says the following it says hypnagogia is viewed as a circadian phenomenon related to the basic rest activity cycle wherein it represents the cycle's dream component as such it encompasses a variety of types of dream the nocturnal or rem kind being only one of them so the essay is very very long it goes for a long time and it's kind of very complicated because it's a, a little bit old but i think it's fantastic because it tries to blend the literature the medical literature with what we catch later on in, uh, in in literature and this connects very well with point number two which is the literary connection between incubus and succubus incubus a term already used in the 14th century to refer to demon descending upon persons in their sleep is also something that Geoffrey Chaucer talked about in The Wife of Bath's Tale and he referred to it as Inquiry Demones and this is written with the rest of the Canterbury Tales between 1387 and 1400. It also meant nightmare in the 16th century and oppressive personal thing in the 17th century. It's very important to remember that the female counterpart of the Incubus is the Succubus. It is very interesting, and we can learn this from the online Encyclopedia Britannica, uh, is that the Incubus and the Succubus were born from the relationship between Lilith and an archangel called Samael. And the influence that they can have on the dreamer can be varied. They can make the dreamer experience somatic changes, that is, physical experiences such as floating, flying, and horrifying out-of-body experiences. That can also include sounds uh, such as approaching footsteps, the bed moving, and even a person, creature, or a specified entity climbing upon the chest. This sensation is that of smothering and even of physical or sexual assault. This is also something that we can see in Encyclopedia Britannica. Another name for these incubus and succubus is what we called, or we know more common nowadays, is bedroom visitors, which can take different shapes, forms, and they are another story. But let's talk about now the first literary night monster, or also called Lilitu. Mesopotamian civilizations talked about Lilitu, which is the term recuperated by the rabbinic literature under the name of Lilith which translates into night monster. These attack men as a succubus and just to drink their blood as Katrina Helen Miller says in her thesis, Blood Spirits, a Jungian approach to the vampire myth. The succubus, she tells us, was depicted as a being winged and surrounded by other deadly hunters of the night like the owl and jackal. If we now try to find examples in literature, we can find, for example, that in Macbeth, written by Shakespeare, 
he had these scary dreams and he feel he felt guilty after having murdered King Duncan as predicted by the three witches. What we have in Macbeth is a premonition that ends up in a king, Macbeth killing the king, King Duncan, and him ending up with a sleep deprivation as it was predicted by the three witches, who, by the way, remind us of the three fates, Clotho, Lycasis, and Atropos. And this action, the remorse, is what stops him from sleeping, and then is where we see all these ghosts and we see all this eerie story. Another example is what we find in Wuthering Heights by Emily Bronte. We have a passage where it's very clear when uh, Catherine tells Nelly the following. She says, she has this dream that is like a premonition, and it, is, it says, Heaven did not seem to be my home, and I woke my heart with weeping to come back to earth. And the angels were so angry that they flew me out into the middle of the heath on the top of Wuthering Heights, where I woke so sobbing for joy. And last but not, but not least, we have another story literature written by Edgar Allan Poe called The Facts in the Case of Mr. Moldovar. Which is a story that uses hypnosis with a dying character who is taken into a hypnagogic state and that will last seven months after he's already dead by a doctor that doesn't want to let go and wants to know all about afterlife and what it's like to be dead. We can even find examples in the cinema. If you think, for example, of The Matrix, The Dream World, we can also think about um, Insidious, where we have the world and it's induced, the sleep is induced. But then you can also think about The Sandman, which is a recent TV series uh, based on a, a comic from a few years ago, and the importance of sleeping and all the characters and everything that involves sleeping. Which takes us, to, takes us to the next point, point four, and the last one, which is the psychology behind our dreams. Even though in the 1900s Sigmund Freud showed a strong interest in the interpretation of dreams, as he believed that through dreams interpretation he could treat mental illnesses, it was actually his disciple C.G. Jung who saw dreaming and the unconscious mind as a great tool to have access to our inner desires, worries, things were suppressed in the day and they caused mental disorders. And in fact, the dream world is still for many Jungians one of the best places to encounter our shadow self and find answers to our anguishes. Anguishes that we cannot find answers for during the day due to all the filters that we apply while we're awake. And I want to close today's video with a fantastic quote by Katrina Helen Miller that says the following. The unconscious balances out the conscious attitude by producing images and symbols, very often in the form of dreams. And this is it for today, my friends. We have covered four aspects in order to answer this initial question about um, gothic, um, the gothic and the unconscious mind sleep deprivation, to be more specific. And uh, the four questions, or the four points we've covered, let's go back to the four concepts, have been um, the general medical concepts and background terminology, the literary connection between the incubus and the succubus, or through them even, the first literary nine monster, or Lily two, and the psychology behind the dreams. Okay, Gothic friend, I hope you have enjoyed this video. And if you want to know more, if you're very interested in sleep deprivation, dreams, and you want to have more examples, more elaborated content on this topic of, uh, as I said, 
uh, of the um, dream world and the mind and the gothic, the connection with literature, you can access my article that you will find once you subscribe to my monthly magazine, You Are Gothic But You Don't Know It. Mm, you just have to go to my webpage, gothicalis.com, and there you will find all the magazines. Uh, this specific one is in September and it's issue number four from September. And as you can see on the screen, you have a very long and extensive uh, article on this topic. Obviously, your opinion is always very important as it is for you to share this video if you liked it and you think someone can benefit from it, to like and to click that bell. So then I keep you posted and you, you are updated as soon as I produce another video. So thank you very much for being here today. I hope you have enjoyed this and leave me your comments down below and see you in the next video. Bye bye.